0: Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your retirement
1: elevated. Time to rock and roll on another podcast here. This is your retirement elevated. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan, he is the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group in Kansas City, but serving clients all across the country as well. You can find us online at listen to Scott.com. Scott, are you ready for the holidays, my friend? They are upon us now.
0: I am not. <laughs> uh, I got to tell you, I noticed that Christmas decorations seem to go out on July fifth now, right after the Fourth of July. It seems like at most retailers, so I'm, I'm not ready. Yeah, not ready at yeah. all. Yeah,
1: you know they've already got July fourth stuff up now, so you can just go ahead and start planning for your July fourth of 2019. So you know we're a good six or seven months out. I'm sure you could probably go, you know, find your firecrackers and all those kinds of things now. Get some
0: so. get some bargains out there. Yeah. So I'm definitely ready for the holiday season. That's one of my favorite times of the year. Just hey, people are mostly in good moods. I'm more of a cooler weather type of person. I also love to cook. So it's kind of all those things blended together are, are a pretty good combo. I just don't like the mass marketing of the holidays. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, you have certainly good points there. But we won't slip into a, you know, down the slippery slope of uh, Not starting all. to complain about all that. Kind of stuff. No, no, no. Instead, we'll celebrate the beginning of the holiday season with talking about taxes. How about that? What a transition that would be!
0: (laughs) Very exciting stuff. (laughs) So, get your pocket protectors ready. That's right. And uh, we're going to dive into a few things. And I know from a serious note, you know, we talk a lot about tax minimization here you know, in our firm, Elevator Retirement Group. And, you know, taxes are very complex. Now, we don't prepare taxes. We're not CPAs or tax preparers. But we do try to look at all the things that are available for our clients so they can minimize their taxes well within the legal limits. And so we're not talking about anything crazy. We're just talking about getting your ducks in a row and seeing are there things that would apply to you, this tax year so you could take advantage of it.
1: But it is crazy sometimes to see the difference that can be made with some just proper planning and proper strategies. We've heard many stories before and you've seen many examples before where people have made, you know, true instrumental changes to their financial situation and to what they would have been paying in taxes if they hadn't done some prior planning and that sort of thing. So, our main goal here is to reflect on the changes. We just had some of the most sweeping and broad tax changes in quite some time. Happen in 2017 that will affect your taxes when you go to pay them next year based on this, you know, 2018 calendar year. So, we have a 2018 tax planning checklist that would be worth checking out. We're going to put a link to that in the blog entry of today's episode. So, you can go to listen to Scott.com and check out this link to this great article, this great resource that Scott and his team have put together. But, we're also going to walk you through elements of it here on the podcast to provide a little color commentary about this. So, what are some of the most important things to be thinking about here out of the gate Scott when we look at this you know tax planning checklist?
0: Well let's give our listeners a little framework you know the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017 which went into effect in 2018 it's the largest change we've seen in a tax code for 31 years and it's targeted towards two groups C corporations dropping their tax rates down and it's also targeted for people to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars and below and That's a wide swath of the population. So there are definitely some positive impacts across the board from a purely tax savings perspective. You know, we're putting about a trillion and a half dollars onto the national debt to make this happen. But the thought process is if those dollars are back into the population, we'll see what happens. And so not being political at all, it's just what are the opportunities available to us out there? And so a lot of big changes, I've seen preliminary tax comparisons, and a large majority of those comparisons I've seen looking at 2017 versus 2018, most people are going to be better off at some capacity from a financial perspective. So one of the biggest changes right out of the gate is that the standard deduction has been doubled so if you are a single person you've got a $12,000 standard deduction exemptions are eliminated except for people over 65 and if you're married finally jointly then you've got a $24,000 standard deduction if you're below 65 so what does that mean it means that only about 15 percent of the population are going to be doing itemized deductions for 2018 and for the foreseeable future. So it's really gonna simplify tax returns for quite a few folks and make tax preparation a little bit easier. As, As
1: someone who has itemized over the last several years, Scott, I don't think I'm going to be doing that this year. You know, kind of based on running some preliminary numbers, I think I'll be able to kind of fall into that ballpark of not needing to itemize. So I'm like celebrating the entire
0: three or four days of preparation that I've spent (laughs) in the past.
1: Pulling the, everything together.
0: <laughs> the manila envelopes of receipts yes, and reg- yes. check registers. Yeah. I, mean, I
1: try to keep up with it during the year, but sometimes it definitely gets tough. You know? yeah.
0: Now, for some people that have you know, typically itemized, if you're going to be fairly close to that standard deduction, the bad news, you're going to have to probably still do that work to see if it makes sense you know, to do that. But you know, obviously, if you have a tax preparer, they're going to guide you through that process. So getting your ducks in a row uh, for you know having the understanding and you know when you're tax planning it's really about these final moves at the end of the year that you may be able to do and so here's the initial documents information you're going to need to start the process and again we'll have a link to this checklist and report in the blog but you're going to need last year's tax returns. You're going to need to know your current year's income, so 2018. So if you're working, pay stubs, business profit and loss, your brokerage statements to be able to get your capital gains, dividends, interest off there, escrow documents for your properties purchased and sold, and any other known income like K-1s or et cetera. And then you're going to need to look at your current year deductions. So your mortgage interest, charitable donations, and any other known deductible expenses, and finally, you need your current year estimated payments and withholdings, both for federal and state. Because here's what we're trying to figure out we're looking at how much income is going to hit your tax return in 2018, and what type of moves can we do at the end of the year to help further reduce the taxable impact of that income. That's what we're really driving at. So, getting your ducks in rows, number one, and get all those documents together. And then. You'll want to prepare or have prepared a baseline income tax projection. And so you're basically going to add your estimated additional income to your year-to-date income. So it's like, what do you know so far? And what's outstanding that you know is going to come in? Add all your additional deductions to your year-to-date deductions. And then review... The outcome, and that's really going to tell you are there going to be opportunities for you to do some year in tax planning? You know, are they going to be able to contribute to more fully your 401k? Obviously, you don't have to do it at the end of this year, but you could look at your funding a traditional IRA or SEP IRA, things like that. And so you just want to make sure you know all the inner working pieces of your 1040.
1: All right. So these elements aren't the most fun portion of the process, (laughs) but really important because the better organized you are going into the kind of the meat and potatoes of the planning process, the better. It's kind of like when you go to paint a room, if anybody's ever painted a room, the worst part of the entire process, other than maybe getting the paint all over your clothes, is prepping it right prepping the glitches in the wall that you've got to fill with the putty and smooth out and sand and make sure that they're you know nice and smooth across and then oh the worst part taping taping up the room going through that whole process but it makes the paint job so much easier once you get that prep work done and then you can just lather on the paint and pull off the tape and you're done so all that prep in the beginning it's annoying but very very worth that extra time detail rather than just jumping into some of these other elements so now that we have some of that less fun stuff out of the way when do we start talking about the specifics of my situation and where do we begin there? Right.
0: And so one of the things, once we know the lay of the land, then we can review, so if we're still working, review the status of your employer retirement plan. It could be your 401k, 403b, 457, you know, the whole alphabet soup of tax divert accounts. And if you have not contributed fully, for the year and you have the ability to do so, you may want to consider contributing up to the maximum amount allowed. Now, if you've got a 401k and you're under the 50 years of age, then you can contribute $18,500 to your 401k. So that's on a tax deferred status. So it's before taxes, it puts it in there and it grows tax deferred. If you're 50 or older, you have a catch up provision and that will be a total of $24,500 that could be placed into your 401k or Roth 401k for that matter. Now, the situation on the Roth 401k, you don't get the tax deduction, but you get tax-free growth down the road. So maybe want to look at that. So if you find yourself towards the end of the year, you still have room to make contributions, which would lower your overall income, then you want to change your withholdings ASAP, defer more of that salary into your plan before the year end. Because unlike our IRA or Roth, you can do that next year, making contributions to your 401k 403b has to be done with the end of the calendar year.
1: And the nice thing about this particular example is that all the things that you just mentioned there aren't just good to review for this year, but then put you in a great position at analyzing maybe some things you should do for next year. Like, okay, the Roth option is now available in my 401k or 403b. Well, let me contribute some to it this year. But at the same time, let's go ahead and look ahead to 2019. Is that something you would encourage somebody to also do?
0: Absolutely. And Once you get this process started, you hit the nail on the head, Walter. It makes it easier to just fill in the numbers and update them the following year. Because people don't need a financial plan, they don't need a tax plan, they need planning. And it's ongoing because your situation changes. And if we have the basics in order and we're capturing the data, it just makes it easier to be organized going forward. So yeah, definitely ongoing process for sure.
1: All right, so that's the 401k, 403b, reviewing those employer pension plans and other plans that you might get through your employer. Now, keeping in mind this is a tax focus, so we're making sure that we're making good moves before the end of the tax year. What else should we be considering as we go down this checklist?
0: Now, if we have a scenario where we earn interest and dividends through our investments, obviously you can get interest through your savings account, checking account, or if you own stocks, bonds, mutual funds outside of a retirement plan. So you own it, what's called after-tax dollars or in a brokerage account. If your portfolio is generating interest or dividends, those are showing up on your 1040 year after year, every year they're producing them. And it could be causing other parts of your tax return to increase and pay more taxes on your ordinary income or vice versa. So we want to make sure if there's interest and dividends are hitting our 1040, do we need them or are there more efficient ways to be tax efficient? Do we want to reduce those interest and dividends and keep them intact in the portfolio and defer taxes for later? So you just want to look at what's the impact of your investments? What impact do they have on your tax return?
1: I think you may get into this even deeper on the next item on the checklist, capital gain loss strategies. I'll give a little preview there, but I've heard this you know, many, many times, and it's that whole thing of you might want to sell off some of your loser stocks or some of your losses. Go ahead and take the loss to lower your tax burden. But paint for me the picture where that makes sense to take the loss just so that it helps you on taxes? Because there's this mentality of, like, if I'm paying taxes, it's a bad thing. Well, if you're paying taxes, it means you made money. So (laughs) why do I want to lessen my take-home and sell a stock that's down rather than holding on to it for it to go back up one day?
0: Yeah, great point. And it is true that when we think about tax, like, oh, that hurts. I've got to pay taxes. I view it as a toll. (laughs) You've got to pay that toll, you know, to get access to the dollars. Right. And the other way to look at it is, before we can spend any of our savings, that money has to go through what I call a tax transition. Meaning, if it's in an IRA, and we're 65 years old, we've got a million dollars in an IRA, we've got to take money out, and we've got to pay the taxes on that money before we can spend what's left over. Same thing with a, a stock or a bond that we have in our non IRA account. You know, so we always need to focus on how much of this money do I get to keep and put in my pocket and or spend, because there's always going to be a tax ramification to it. We just want to keep that tax ramification as low as possible. So back to that idea of offsetting gains with losses. Well, if you're in a diversified portfolio, there's always gonna be something that's lagging behind. Uh, One of my early mentors said, having a well-developed, diversified portfolio always means you're gonna say sorry for something. You're always gonna have to look and say, well, that didn't work as well, but you can't have everything working in concert in one another, because that usually people will take on too much risk if they're doing that. So if we've got two stocks, One we bought at $10 now worth $20, and one we bought at $10 now worth $5. One has gain, one has a loss. We can use those to neutralize each other and balance things out. And so it's almost, I don't know, a better way to say that. But we want to use the tax code to our ability. And if they're going to say, you put money into something and it's grown, It's appreciated you have an increased value. Well, if you just sell that alone, you're gonna pay taxes on all that growth. Well, if we look at over here, if we made an investment and it didn't work out, but we have a loss, well, the tax code lets us take that loss and offset the gain on the other side. So it can wash those two things out. So it's just knowing how the tax code works and making sure that we minimize taxation as much as we can.
1: And then on the one that's down, I guess, make sure that, you know, it's not gonna not that we can predict it, but it's not going to come back up like you're done with it, you're not going to sell one that you have faith in that's going to come back, you're not going to go ahead and sell it at a loss.
0: Right. And even if we really did like it, I'm okay with harvesting that lost offset of gain, and we buy it at a later time, we can always go back into it. We're just saying, can we cash in this gain without having a taxable impact? That's really what we're focused on.
1: I see. The canceling out, certainly very, very beneficial. And so is that what's on this checklist? Is that what would be considered the tax loss and tax gain
0: harvesting? Is that what that buzzword is? Yes. And there's several. This is a fairly complex concept. There's a lot of detail that goes into it. And it's definitely without visuals, hard to do on a podcast. But if you look at the white paper, it gives you some checklists to go through, and it'll be very, very easy to follow through the details there.
1: And again, we've attached this to the blog post today on listen2scott listentoscott.com. You can go and check that out, the one that corresponds with this episode today, or look in the episode description, you'll see a link there as well, where you can download this PDF and look into this tax planning checklist for the end of 2018 here. There are other items on this list as well on this checklist that we won't get into all of them today here on the podcast, but you're going to see even more detail when you go and look at that PDF. But another big one we certainly should highlight and give a little bit more flavor to here, Scott, is those RMDs, those financial items that sometimes people forget about that they've got to keep in mind as they get further into their retirement. Required minimum distributions, really important to make sure this doesn't get overlooked, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. For listeners out there, required minimum distributions, those apply to IRAs, 401ks, TSPs, these are all tax avert accounts where you've put money in, they've grown, and now at 70 and a half, the government is requiring you to take money out because what happens when you take that money out of your account? It ends up on your 1040 tax return, and what do you have to do? You've got to pay taxes. And so the required minimum distribution, it's a calculation that starts when you turn 70 and a half so for today's purposes, once you reach age 70, there's a requirement to pull money out. So an example if somebody has $100,000 in their IRA, they've got to take about $3,650 out. That's going to be all taxed, ordinary income, and they're going to show up on your 1040. So if you have a million dollar IRA, that's an extra $36,500 on your 1040. So that's how the math works. And so... The Internal Revenue Service is serious about this. If you don't take out the correct amount for your required minimum distribution, it is a 50% penalty on the money you don't take out. Let me repeat that for the listeners. It's a 50% penalty if you do not take out the correct amount. Five, zero, wow. Five, zero. So they definitely want you to take that money out. And you've got two choices. You can take the money out, pay the taxes, and reinvest it into a after-tax account. Or you can take it out, pay the taxes, and spend it. Or you can, I guess there's other things you can do, spend it, or you can give it away. But the moral of the story is they want you to take it out, and they potentially want to reap the tax benefits of all that money that's been stored inside of that account for year after year. Yeah, it's big consequences if you don't take those into account. You should probably
1: bump this to the top of the checklist, Scott. It is. The consequences.
0: And we do an ABCs of RMDs class that's all about the intricacies of IRA RMDs, when to take them, what all the rules are, because there's a, a laundry list of rules we have to follow when doing that. And the reason we're doing this ABCs of RMDs courses, I was approached by an estate planning attorney. He said, you know, we've been keeping track of questions we get from clients, and we've got this long list of clients about IRAs, and they were anywhere from people didn't know what RMDs were, or they didn't know how to calculate them. One of the statements from one of their clients was they didn't know that they had to take money out of these accounts. And then even another one, someone was surprised to know that their children there was still a tax liability to their children when they inherited their IRA at death. So a lot of inner workings there. We just wanna make sure that you understand when you have to take them, and what the time frame is, what the amount is, because we want to help you avoid paying that nasty 50% penalty.
1: Helpful, helpful information to know that for sure. So make sure you're getting the right advice when it comes to RMDs it might be the one kind of thing you really don't wanna try and do on your own. Especially if you kind of just are, are trying to skirt those rules or get as close to the amount as possible. You're going to want to make sure you do all of that the right way and at the right time because you don't want to get those penalties you mentioned giving away and that's a great thing to evaluate at the end of the year even if you're not itemizing your taxes anymore and so you're not doing as you know as many charitable donations or at least not utilizing those donations for that tax break purpose still great chance at the end of the year we're all wanting to be more generous i think that time of the year anyway fantastic time to
0: kind of take a look at different charitable options Absolutely, and we talked earlier about the simplification of the tax filing process. A lot of people aren't gonna be itemizing. Well, the unintended consequence of that is that there's an estimate that charities, their donations will be down roughly 20% because of people's lack of the ability to itemize the deduction. And so this strategy is called a QCD, that stands for Qualified Charitable Distribution. And this is gonna be applicable to someone that's 70 and a half or older at the time of gifting. And so the rules are you can contribute up to $100,000 per person per year directly to charity. Now this contribution will count towards your required minimum distribution. Now the rules are that RMD has to be sent directly to the charity from the IRA. Now, this will eliminate the taxation on the RMD. So basically saying, Uncle Sam, I know I've got to take out $25,000 from my RMD. If you take that $25,000, have it sent directly to your charity of choice, that neutralizes that RMD, and that becomes a non-taxable event. So it's a great strategy. And I think with this strategy, especially this is going to be Definitely more widely used strategy as many will not be able to itemize their deductions under the new tax reform. And so this is definitely getting into more advanced planning. There are gonna be some clients, some people out there that will make qualified contributions in one year. So you know, qualified charitable distribution. excuse me, one year, and the next year, they may bunch their itemized deductions. So save those things up. So it may be a leapfrog every other year. It's also gonna be dependent on your situation. I'm talking in general here, but today's purpose is just know that if you're charitably inclined and you want a tax distribution or tax minimization strategy, a qualified charitable distribution may be worth exploring in your situation.
1: Another great kind of tool in the toolbox we can utilize depending on where we stand. All right. So we talked about 401ks and 403bs, those employer plans. But let's talk about the situation where we have plans that aren't controlled or uh, kind of in that ecosystem of an employer. What about IRAs and Roth IRAs? Where do they fit into the checklist?
0: So with that, uh, most folks are going to you know, prepare their taxes next year. And the great thing about an IRA or Roth is you can make those contributions up to April 15th of 2019 for the tax year 2018. And so if you're in a scenario where you've got extra dollars set aside and you meet certain requirements to make those contributions, you're gonna be able to make a traditional IRA contribution. And it's $5,500 if you're below 50, it's $6,500 if you're above 50 into IRA or Roth, and that's gonna grow tax-deferred if it's in the IRA, it's gonna grow tax-free if it's in the Roth IRA. So obviously, doing that IRA or Roth IRA contributions may make sense, and finally, for some folks, they're gonna wanna explore the benefits of a Roth IRA conversion. Now, in that situation, If taxpayer, they have an IRA or 401k, they may be able to convert to a Roth IRA, which not only provides tax-deferred growth, but also tax-free income in retirement. Now, you will pay income taxes on the amount you convert. So if you're moving it from one to the other, you've got to pay that toll to be able to do that. So you definitely want to review your expected income tax bracket to see if a Roth conversion makes sense for you. Now, one quick little listener tip with the new tax act that lowered the tax rates, many people should at least consider Roth conversion and conversions to the top of their 12, 22 or 24% income tax bracket may be a good strategy depending on your circumstances. But the moral of the story here is we definitely want to explore it to see if it's even a possibility. And if it Seems like it's going to make financial sense. Have the numbers run, get it in black and white, and proceed if it makes sense in your situation.
1: All of these things, I think, are really important to consider, Scott. And it can seem like a lot. I mean, even when you kind of get the visuals here and you go through this checklist, through this plan, you know, that's a full evening of sitting down and kind of ticking through each of these things. Can this be combined with... Coming into the office, do you do yearly reviews like this anyway with your clients to make sure that all these boxes are checked plus more?
0: Oh, definitely. We sit down with a checklist with our clients and guide them through the process. Another thing to consider is we do a lot of retirement classes here in this area and there's usually a two session course where we're going to give you the tools, knowledge and confidence you need to plan a secure retirement and taxes are definitely one of those pieces that are very overlooked they are complex and it seems like it's not always to get great advice around those so you may want to look at you know one of our courses and in those courses you're going to discover you know how much money you're going to need to retire discuss social security claims mean strategies, learn how to avoid the 10 biggest retirement planning mistakes that are out there. Review strategies designed to protect you from potential financial loss. And finally, learn the advantages, disadvantages of the different ways to save for retirement. And so not only going through this checklist, but coming to an educational event, especially towards the first part of the year, it's a great way to kick off the year and get your financial strategy on course. If you want
1: to find out more information about those events, it's easy to do so. You can go to listen to That's listen to for great information there on the website, or you can call the team and go over the different opportunities that are available in your area. Your retirement elevated here on the show. Listen to scott.com, your place to go and that number to call 913-393-4724. You can call 913-393-4724. Learn more about the classes, set aside time to come and attend one of the upcoming ones. Find out all the details by calling or going online. And you can go through this checklist. It's kind of neat. It's, you know, like school, but better, Scott, because you actually walk out (laughs) with the done plan. It's like leaving school with a job. You know, you're walking away with something in your hand already from going to school. You're going to walk away with kind of your plan out of your session, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. Very cool. All right, Scott, thanks for taking us through this great checklist. End of the year, important to be checking all of these things, all of these boxes, making sure that you're not overlooking them. Because like we said back in the beginning, not only is it going to help you for this year's tax year, but next year's overall plan as well. And even beyond that, it never hurts to go through these reviews. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Uh, thanks, Walter. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on Your Retirement Elevated.